Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick coming at you as I do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. We're broadcast here on 1450 WXVW in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. We encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. 502-384-1450. We are not restricted here on the weekend sports buzz as to what we can talk about. We do not have to rehash old local stories to get through our two-hour show. And that gives us a lot of creative flexibility. Makes me excited every morning on Sunday when I get up to come into the studio. I get to talk about whatever it is in the world of sports that I deem value. And, you know, if it's NBA free agency, NFL news, um, on occasion there will be an intriguing soccer story. Uh, specifically a, a story that may involve some, some type of collusion or something dirty. If it catches my eye, we'll talk about it here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Once again, I encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line 502 384 1450. I'm joined in studio this morning by a longtime friend, my friend Steve Driver. How are you doing this morning, Steve? Doing good, Kelly. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, I've known Steve for a long time. I was trying to think right before I went on how long I've known you. Probably 15 years. Yeah. Something along those lines. So um, as far as chemistry and able ability to discuss sports topics or anything else that may come up, I'm not worried about that. Uh, very excited to have you in studio. Thank you. I consider myself a bucket of useless information, so yeah, yeah, no, I should I'll, be able to help you out there. I'll give that to you. You're, you're certainly that. Um, you actually bring a uh, in July of 2016 in the world of sports, and specific to the weekend sports buzz, you bring an interesting perspective uh, to the show. As I, I, th- I think you're wearing a Cleveland Indians hat. Yes, I am. I just noticed that. Originally I, I born in um, Cle- Cleveland, Ohio, so. Browns, Cavs, Indians, Buckeyes, die hard, even before the championship. So, Which is cool, because that's something that, um, being in the Louisville Southern Indiana market, obviously we're not a professional sports city. Uh, we have the Louisville Cardinals, we have the Kentucky Wildcats, yes. which absolutely no shade toward them at all. I'm a big college basketball, college football fan. Um, I also, especially in a down period, such as right now, mm-hmm. I like to be able to discuss other sports. Um, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and the rest of the, the Cleveland Cavaliers broke what I believe is a 52-year spell yeah, and defeated the Golden State Warriors, as our listeners know, all year on the show. I hate to pat myself on the back. <laughs> yeah, I hate to pat myself on the back. But all year on the show, I was saying, if the Warriors face off against the Cavaliers, I don't care how good the regular season record is, yep. That that's great. It doesn't. Doesn't do anything for me. If they face off against the Cavaliers in the finals, the Cavaliers will win. Yes. Now, it sounds uh, maybe fictitious that I'm making this up and that, that, you know, maybe I didn't really say that. But I was saying that all year long. I remember you telling me, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did. You know, and anybody's listening, has been listening all year, knows that. And sure enough. The Cavaliers defeated the Warriors, ending a 52-year drought for the city of Cleveland um, ever since back in whenever that was, 1964. Uh, Jim Brown, before the NFL even came into existence, I believe. Yeah, Browns, uh, Baltimore Colts. 
uh, won the not the Super Bowl, but the Professional Football Championship or a- something. AAFL. AAFL. Yep. And you're familiar with that because before this past week, a couple weeks ago, that's what you hung your hat on. <laughs> yeah, obviously I wasn't alive, but, you know, just a huge drought. And at the time, the Cavs were our only, only hope to win a championship. So not only have the Cavaliers ended the drought, since the Cavs have won the finals, the Cleveland Indians have joined in on the finals. Yes. Obviously, they have Terry Francona, um, a talented team. They've been, I think this is Francona's third year. Is yep. the manager of the Indians, and they've been at least 500 in each of his years. Mm-hmm. So arguably the best active manager in baseball. Now that can stir up some questions. I know our man Marcus is listening, and I know that he uh, always has opinions. Bruce Bochy uh, with the Giants, you can certainly make a case for him being the best active manager in baseball. Yeah, But Terry Francona uh, certainly has the resume to back up that type of a statement. Uh, has went to Cleveland still in the American League, and has had success. Since the, 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 the Cavaliers won the NBA Finals, the Indians have now won, I think it's 13 out of 14? They won 14 straight, they won 14. and then they lost yesterday. And then they lost yesterday. Yeah, and I don't know, did, did you see how they, how they lost? It was on a controversial call at the plate. But I thought it was 6-9, to nine, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was, it was 6-6, six, six, and that was the go-ahead run. Play at the plate, potentially. Could I feel be you're getting a little safe. ahead of your- he could have been, you know, out, which he was, even though they went and uh, reviewed it. So um, Sounds like you're disappointed they lost it all. I mean, just because they had that streak going, it was nice. Were you thinking, I mean, it's a 162-game season. Were you, yeah, th- were I you know thinking they were going to win out? <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but I mean, I just think they hadn't you're lost being a little a unrealistic here. I mean, granted, yes, I am. But nonetheless, it's exciting an exciting time for Cleveland sports fans. Does anybody, do any of our listeners care about Major League Baseball? That's a whole different topic. I know Marcus does. We had a guy call in last week named Steve who appreciated our talk when we were debating Alex Rodriguez Rodriguez versus Albert Pujols as to who is the best, who's had the best career out of the current crop of players in Major League Baseball. So we try, we do try to inject some baseball talk. Um, In particular, you know, I'm going on five years being on the air. Uh, this is a cyclical area, March Madness, college football season. Uh, we always have things to talk about. This is what I would call the dead period. So we try to open up our, our uh, horizons of what we can discuss, and that's one of the reasons I was real excited to have you in. Um, so do our listeners care about Major League Baseball? I'm a lifelong Reds fan. I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Appreciate the honesty. Yeah. I think unless you live in a big city or – one of these cities where you have a major league baseball team, it is really hard hard to follow. You know, such a long season. People aren't sitting down to watch, you know, three four hour games. That Indians game the other night was six six and a half hours. You know, so I think unless you know you live in St. Louis or San Francisco, it, it is very tough for you know young people to follow nowadays. Yeah, which is is. Call it sad, call it what you will, um, because I'm a professional and I'm really good at parlaying one topic into another, transitioning. I'm going to say, and it's true, for years, anybody who's told me baseball's dead, whether it be on the air or while I'm sitting at a bar drunken, I have fallen back on the crutch that baseball players make so much money. 
How are you going to tell me a sport's dead when Homer Bailey, who sucks, signed a $100 million contract? You think the NBA's, this was literally almost verbatim what I would be saying. You think the NBA's all great because it's flashy. Ha! Major League Baseball teams have five guys who make over $10 million a year on each team. This past week, we've seen a little bit of a shift in, in the whole free agency and the way that, that the wealth is distributed across professional athletes as the new salary cap for the NBA. We've been warned about it for a long time now, so we, we, we shouldn't be as shocked as we are. I remember reading an article saying, and you told me, Steve, Deladova's going to make about $10 million a year, and I'd watch the games, and I'm going, What? He doesn't even play. And sure enough, I think he got about nine. Yeah, he did. It comes out a four-year deal coming out to be right about $9 million a year. Uh, But this whole new salary cap has just entirely changed the face of free agency in the National Basketball Association. It has. And you see a lot of teams that aren't getting these big names, you know, like Boston's getting Al Horford. Some of these teams that have banked on these big free agent names are starting to get left behind. You know, like uh, the Mavericks. They they didn't give a contract to Chandler Parsons because they were banking on, you know, Durant or a bigger name. And now you see that they have nothing and they're going to give $95 million to Harrison Barnes, you know? So, I mean, it's just crazy to look at. I mean, the Golden State Warriors would probably match that, but... Harrison Barnes, $95 million four-year contract. It, it's, it's why, despite me being a sports radio analyst, and I, you know, I, I have opinions, I certainly do, anytime I hear someone be critical of someone like even Phil Jackson or Mark Cuban or as recent as a couple days ago, the, the ownership and administration of the Memphis Grizzlies, if I hear a casual fan saying, Phil Jackson's an idiot. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking. Phil Jackson, why did he draft this guy from Europe? I laugh at him because people don't know what they're talking about. When looking at it immediately, anybody who saw Mike Connolly Jr., who I know you're biased toward, you got to admit to it because he's a Buckeye. Yeah, I mean. But he's never made an all-star no, game. No, he hasn't. I think he's so. never made an all-star game and out of nowhere. He signs a contract that makes him the richest contract in the history of the NBA. He's never made an all-star game. Unreal. But at first glance, that organization received a lot of flack. And the casual fan took to social media. It's a whole different world today. Took to social media and just ripped them. Why would you give him all this money? But in reality, who might get the last laugh? Yeah. Maybe that's what he's worth. And somebody else is going to give him that money. So what, if you're the Grizzlies, are you just going to be left behind? You know, he, he will get $30 million a year from some team. So you can either pay him. Did you say $30 million a year? I think that's what he's getting, yes. <laughs> no. $30 million I'm a pretty year. sure, yes. It's the first contract that <laughs> That's like more 30. than Tom Brady, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andrew Luck's going to make like 24 Point six million a year. That's a, I think that's probably one of the highest in the NFL, right? Or the highest. Probably. I mean, Andrew, and, and it makes sense. 
before Andrew Luck's what I would describe as very disappointing season last year. Yeah, but he was viewed at he led the NFL in touchdowns. I think he threw for forty five touchdowns a couple years ago. Young player. First overall pick. He had the pedigree. Face of the franchise. Face of the franchise. He had the pedigree. His dad, Oliver Luck, you know, he had uh he had it all. And yeah. and beyond just his passing ability, he's got legs. He he's a whole different animal. So they, they thought that he was the guy to throw money at. I've always justified the payment of professional baseball players being so ridiculously high. And chalked it up simply to the fact that they play 162 games. And I have felt, when I've said that, I've said it with conviction. And I've said, yeah, if you have 162 games and revenue sharing, you don't know how many guys go to the Yankees games even when they suck. And they, they share all this revenue. Of course they're going to have a bunch of money to throw around. Baseball's so interesting because they even pay their minor leaguers a lot of money. Oh, yeah. You go to the Louisville Bats game. Your brother and I actually went to a Bats game a few weeks ago. And we were sitting there looking. On our phone. Half a million, million dollars. Nobody really made less than half a million that we could find on the field. Absolutely ridiculous how much money goes around. And there's, you know, what? A a ton of guys on on a baseball team. Within the organization, you take into consideration A-ball, double A-ball. I think there's two different versions of A-ball. So, I mean, everybody doesn't make that much, but... There's a lot of money to go around. So I've always justified it. I've said there are so many different sources of revenue for baseball. And then I've said with football, and it's all made sense to me, and I've said it, and I've been very confident with it. Football, they have fantasy football. They have these big contracts. People love watching love watching the NFL at home to follow their fantasy football teams. Yes. I can't really explain away exactly why NBA players are now worth this much money. Do do you think they deserve to be paid the most out of it's an entire American sport? Oh, out of any? It, that's an entirely subjective question. Um, the NFL is, I mean, you're, the most far, popular sport in America. Correct? In America, sure, yep. They and have, and you, they put them their body their their contracts are not as guaranteed. Um, it's very you know I've had multiple NFL players in here that I talked to who've struggled on practice squads. Yeah. You get hurt, you get cut, you have medical yeah. bills, you file bankruptcy. I mean, the NFL is, you have head head trauma. Very uh, cutthroat, yep. I mean, absolutely. You don't have insurance about, you know, four or five years after you retire. So mm-hmm. if you're in the league for 10, 12 years, your body's just broken down. I would argue that they deserve the most money, though. You have the most TV viewers out there. I mean, they're setting records on these Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night games, and they're you know they put their bodies on the line. I I really think they they should be paid the most. Okay, well, I mean that's an opinion, and that makes sense. They're putting their bodies on the line the most. Um, I would argue that coal miners should make a lot of money, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a different argument, probably, but a different argument. Yeah, but one with merit. I think what helps these NBA players a lot, though, is they're not wearing helmets. You know, you get to see their face every game. That definitely helps your your public appeal, right? Makes you more marketable. Yes, without absolutely. a doubt, I would say uh, NBA is is custom. If you've went to an you went to an NBA game, right? Yep. Uh, if you go to an NBA game, and I was fortunate to go to many growing up, my dad took me to a lot of games. It's just like a carnival atmosphere. You know, they've got little cheerleader-type guys and girls running around, shooting T-shirt guns into the crowd, air horns going. They've got, like, rave music-type stuff. I mean, it's almost like a just an absolute 
party, which is very cool. Yeah. And it's custom built for that. As you can see, the personalities, there's five guys on the court. You don't have to explain anything to the, your date, right? Yeah. It's custom built for the fan. Pretty much year-round. For men and women, right. yeah, pretty, pretty much year-round, you're right. Big stars, uh, uh, you don't need a, a big football field to play. You just need a hoop. Um, guys can play for longer. Guys can, a lot of guys out there think that they actually, because they do play in church leagues until they're 50. So there's a lot that goes into the, the narrative that the NBA or basketball is the most marketable. It's just going to take a little bit of an adjustment period for me to adjust to this. Because this is astronomically different than what we were experiencing a year ago. Am yeah. I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And they say that this is even going to go up higher next year. That 2017. What does that mean? I mean, I don't care. That, it's not going to affect me. It's not a good sign for inflation for the overall economy. If you want me to put my actual economist hat on. Yeah, I mean, but... It's how, not good for you or I. How much is Le- LeBron really worth to Cleveland? I would argue double what he makes now i mean to the economy to the city to the nba to the nba so he has taken a team to the nba he's been in the nba for 12 or 13 years he's made 12 all-star games okay he's now brought a team to the finals for six consecutive years seven total out of his 12 years and just in cleveland think about if they didn't have him i mean they would be the milwaukee bucks you know it's just it's so hard for a crappy Cleveland True. Cavs team to be, you know, that relevant. So I, I think he's worth every bit of forty million dollars. I read an article the other day, and I don't have the specific uh, reference, but it, it was discussing what the steel curtain meant to the city of Pittsburgh in the seventies. And you can draw some parallels. Some of our listeners, older listeners, keep in mind, I'm thirty-two years old, uh, so I don't have the, uh, you know all the years of, of actual reference for this. But an industrial city, Cleveland or Pittsburgh, you can draw parallels there, um, who struggles in the, the uh, modern era as far as job creation, things like that. And I, the article was suggesting that as not only the Steelers, but the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Pirates had some success, as they thrived, that it directly carried over into the, the overall financial health of the, the city and the, the uh, you know, people being proud of being from there. Uh, what was it? Uh, where did Shaka Smart coach? VCU. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember also, and this is, you know, kind of going off onto a little different tangent, but I think it's all related still. Um, Shaka Smart, when he coached VCU, remember, he took them out of basically nowhere and made them into a somewhat of a power. And I, I had a buddy whose kids went to school there, and he saw their tuition increase like 200%. And so it, athletics, to pretend that athletics do not benefit more than just the little niche of sports fans, yeah. um, I think would be naive. Yeah. Now, I probably blow it out of proportion because that's my entire life, admittedly. I think it helps a lot of these Midwest you know, towns, cities. I mean... L.A. is going to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. L.A. is going to be—I mean, uh, Atlanta is going to be good, but we but haven't even cities got- like Green Bay, where you depend—you know—you rely so heavily on the Packers. You know these sports teams. You know how how much is Aaron Rodgers worth to Green Bay? Good question. 
Some some hockey, you know, I'm not real well versed in hockey. Admittedly, I wish I was. I, I, as I get older, I'd like to learn more about hockey. But the pride that some of these cities take in their, like, what is it, Boston and Bobby Hole, um, or whatever the name is, you know, yeah, the, the pride they take in these guys is similar to baseball or Cincinnati and Pete Rose, yeah, um, you know, anybody in St. Louis, the Cardinals. I mean, absolutely, their identity is wrapped up in there. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We'd love to hear your take on anything we're, get, we're getting into this morning. We're specifically reviewing not only the details of the NBA free agency period, where each player went, but the implications, the analysis, the, the, our takes on exactly how much these guys are worth and why it's happening. I have a question for you. Which NBA contract did you just shake your head at? Just couldn't believe that this guy got this much money. The first one, um, the first one, let's see, was, who were some of them? You and I have talked about some of them. I'll bring it up. Here. I mean, Timothy Mozgov. You're, you're a Cavs fan. I am, I am. Good, good role player, I suppose, right? Get you 25, 30 minutes. I guess it's just part of the these this large amount of money that just entered the NBA. But I'm trying to bring 70, it up. There was a guy who averaged like four points a game, dollars. right? Yeah. All right, NBA free agent. I'm bringing it up here because there was a couple guys. Bazemore? Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> who is that? Uh, I think he's a— I don't, I don't mean to yell at you, but tell me who it is. I think he played for the Hawks last year. Why did I watch German the Hawks? guy, right? No, no. Blonde, no, is that nope, the wrong guy? That, that was the point guard. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a different guy. That so, guy's good. That guy reminds me of Rondo. He still plays for the Hawks, though, right? Yeah, he came from the Hawks. I'll find it here. But isn't he getting like a one-year, $20 million deal? Oh, that's nothing, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're saying? I'm you, pretty sure you, he's going to get around Do you hear what million. you're saying? Yes, I hear myself. Kent Bazemore. Four-year, $70 million deal. Shh. He did average 11 points a game last year. He's six foot five, 201 pounds. He played at Old Dominion. Luol Deng's going to get about $72 million a year for the Lakers. Did you see that? Kind of an old player, right? Yeah. Has a, a real diverse skill set. The Lakers are just a train wreck now, aren't they? I heard a rant. I like Colin Coward. <laughs> You know, what are you yeah. laughing at? Just the Lakers in general. Right? I, I heard Colin Coward going on a rant. And, and some, I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love him. Some of his, you know, his takes, he always is so extreme with everything. Yeah. Um, but I heard his rant about how free agents, Kevin Durant, lists teams. And they don't even, he doesn't even list the Lakers as a team that he's, he, he's going to go visit the Celtics. But he doesn't even list the Lakers. The Lakers are a joke, according to Colin. What do you think of that? Timothy Mozgov is their prized possession. They, they do have a lot of young talent. You they do. Say. Julius Randle. Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Brandon Ingram with the new pick. So, I mean, if those guys develop and they add another piece in free agency, you know, whether it be Westbrook next year, you know, they could be a good team. But as of now... No, nobody wants to go there. I. Who's their coach? Uh, Luke Walton. Oh, that's right. 
think he's a well, no, he's not been out of shape. Good for him. There's yeah. not there's not a lot of pressure on him now. I, I think there's always pressure in LA. Okay, yeah. And, but and I, the he NBA. should have more than one year to to prove himself, right? Yeah, and I think you know, I was reviewing I'm a Louisville fan, admittedly, but uh we are a, a station that covers Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana. And and I think there are two significant um pieces of news that we're discussing here that I should throw in. One about Kentucky, and that's Julius Randle. He had a great rookie season, or second year in the NBA. I think last year was his second year. Yeah. Did you realize the numbers he put up last year? No, I did not, because he played for the Lakers. <laughs> so you didn't watch a single game? No, I watched him play a couple of games. It was his second game of the year, all right? He, obviously, he only played in one game his rookie year. So this was really his rookie year, because he got hurt, remember? Yeah, yeah. Last year, he averaged only 11.3 points a game, over 81 games, but he averaged 10.2 rebounds a game. Yeah, it's like he, fifth or sixth in the NBA. He was he was also uh, picking up all of Kobe's missed shots, so that's where those rebounds come from. Let's see how many of those are offensive. See if there's any validity. <laughs> two point one, eight and a half. No, no, two point. But still, um, you know, Kobe wasn't getting any of those defensive rebounds. That, that is so reflective. Don't get me started on a Kobe tangent. Kobe is the most selfish person in the history of the NBA, right? I'm I'm not too sure on that one. I mean, great player, right? Why did he go out like that? Look how Tim Duncan's going out. He's trying to minimize his contract, possibly lure in Kevin Durant. He already got LaMarcus Aldridge. That didn't work. Tim Duncan's like, okay, yeah, yeah I don't even have to play much. I just want to win. I want to win. I want to win. Kobe's like, I want $25 million a year, he- which which prorate that to today's market. That's like $80 million a year, okay? And then he's like, I also want to take all the shots. Yeah. My last game, I need to score 60. I'm going to shoot it every time I touch it. And he never, How selfish is that? He, that is horrible. Yeah, he never really cared about getting paid that much. He, he was asked before, you know, how do you expect to bring in other guys making 20-some million a year? You, That's not my problem. <laughs> I mean, at least he saw that these owners are making billions of dollars, right? Yeah. He got his. Yeah. Steve Nash had a similar take. Remember Steve Nash signed with the Lakers too? Yeah. What a horrible storm of, of collection of talent. Yeah. Steve Nash had a, a quote where they said something like, you're owed $18 million next season, but obviously you're washed up. Why are you going to try to play? You keep getting hurt. And he said, because I'm under contract for $18 million next year. Yeah. Even if I don't play well. Who, I'm still- would, who would turn that down? And it's kind of true. It's just kind of... I guess me sitting here as a radio host in Louisville, Kentucky, is easy for me to be critical. I may do the same thing. But it doesn't look as good as, look, Tim Duncan's going to get his in the end, I think. Because he's hanging around for so long, he's going to keep making a little bit more each, a little bit each year. He may not make the big money all in one year. But he may walk right into a head coaching job or an analyst job or whatever the hell he wants. Nobody likes Kobe. I don't think. No. Except, I mean, I don't, unless you live in L.A., I'm sure there's a lot of diehard. There are a lot of people who love Kobe. Lakers a lot of people, fans across the country. I know one buddy of mine thinks Kobe's better than Jordan. So that's a whole different can of worms that we can get into. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in this morning to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We come at you every Sunday from 9 to 11 a.m. talking all things in the world of sports. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502 502- 384-1450. Please give us a call. Get in on the action. 
Steve and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined in studio this morning by my longtime friend, one Steve Driver. We've got some really good NBA free agency talk going on right now. Really getting into it, enjoying the show. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line. 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the Buzz Line now. we got our longtime... Regular caller Kevin is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm talking about a little bit of kind of been on a man a little bit, a uh, little football. I'm a diehard college football fan, and, and you know the thing that I've kind of noticed about our fan base, and I'm a little fan, but it, it, I call them. I guess I don't know the casual fan, casual football fan. Is you know when we're looking at now, I'm, you know I hear a lot of people being in love with the water, you know, Memphis and Florida State, and I think eventually Bobby, you know, he'll crack that. But what you know, a lot of people that casual football fan need to realize is they don't understand like we're Clemson. Florida State's always been Florida State. They had some down years, but they're pretty much got that brain back rolling again. But if you watch college football and you understand, you know what Clemson came from. And it took Clemson a long time to get where they're at to be able to compete and really, like, beat Florida State like that. And that's when, you know, I think what people need to kind of temper their expectations with, with our football program as far as eclipsing Clemson and Florida State because it's you know it's it's a high mountain to cement to climb you know it's just it's just really hard because a lot of recruitment that's involved in that and Louisville has to you know they have to get to that point. You know, Kevin, I appreciate the call and I agree with you entirely. We haven't spoke about the Louisville football um, season or program at all thus far this morning. But we, hap- we happen to have a, a legitimate Ohio State Buckeyes fan in studio with us. And I think that with every passionate football, college football fan base, there is an element of delusion. And you think you're going to win every year. There's so few games, and every game matters so much. Thank you very much for the call, Kevin. I, w- I want to get into that real quick. And what I meant by that, Steve, is not that the Louisville football program is on a parallel with the Ohio State football program. That's not what I meant, because they are certainly not. Anybody has wants to chime in on that, please give us a call. Um, this is something I want to get into with you, Steve. Okay? You there? Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Okay. I, now, now, we have a couple callers lined up. I, I, I want to get to these callers, and then I want to make sure we curb Kevin's topic, and we get to it after these calls, all right? Okay. Um, we've got on the, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line, we've got Steve. How you doing this morning, Steve? Oh, doing good this morning. I have a question. Either you or Steve could chime in on this. If you if the Thunder beat the Warriors, don't you think they would have beat the Cavs in the finals? Great question. Yeah, I was, uh, I was waiting for somebody to ask that. Ryan and uh, Kelly and I were just talking about that off air, and personally, I think I got to say no. I don't think so. That the Thunder would have beat the the, the Cavs. first off, Steve. Thank you very much for your call. Truth, if you're listening, so sorry. 
I didn't mean to drop you. Call back in. Steve, do you think of the Thunder? Because the Thunder were close to beating the Warriors. Yes, they were. Would they have beat the Cavs, or would they have even brought them to seven? I think they could have take, taken them to seven, yes. But Cavs would have had home court advantage. I think LeBron has shown that he plays very well against Durant. And I just don't trust Russell Westbrook down the stretch. I mean, you saw it in game six. He's got three turnovers in the last minute and 40 seconds. I'm not trusting Russell Westbrook in big games, especially NBA Finals. So, I mean, could have gone seven, yes. Could, could, they, the, could they have beat him? Yes, they could have. Yes, could have. Yes. But to go out, no, I agree entirely. I think that, that Steve was bringing up an interesting topic because that's the consensus among a lot of people yeah. who I think are consistently, constantly trying to build a case against LeBron. And I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist because I'm not real big on conspiracy theories. But I think people like to tear LeBron down. And an easy thing for them to say, I don't know why it's easy because it sounds ridiculous in my mind, is the Cavs are lucky the Thunder didn't beat the Warriors because they would have beat the Cavs in the finals. But you would have had the argument the same way if the Thunder would have beat the Warriors. Yeah, The Cavs are lucky that they didn't play the 73-win Warriors who beat them the previous year. I mean, you're never going to... You're never going to win the argument, you know? No, there will always be the what-if warriors out there. Yeah. That will always happen. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line where we got our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, Oklahoma, I like them now. Vic Depot down there. I was meaning to get to it earlier, Truth. You were right. In my opinion, Victor Oladipo is a huge piece to that puzzle. Uh, Steve, what do you think of that? Do you think he's yeah. – my, from my perspective, I think that's going to really alleviate all the pressure that's on Westbrook in the backcourt. Now oh, you got a legitimate defensive presence from the two-guard position. He's going to shut down that other two, and, I mean – if they're matched up with the Warriors, for example, next year in the in the Western Conference Finals, I couldn't imagine a better guy to bring into the team and to help you guard Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Hey, I'm telling you who everybody overlooking, and they have one one of the best offseason is the Indiana Pacers. I'm a big Pacers fan. You know that truth. I know you're not. I know, despite the fact that you live up in um, Evansville, I think, right, Truth. Right. That, that you're not actually a Pacers fan, so I appreciate you giving my Pacers a little bit of love there. They traded for Jeff Teague, which you know is a he's a native of the Indianapolis area. And when y'all got Jared Allen, look out. Y- y'all got a real one of the top three center in the league. He just don't get a credit. Okay. No, I, uh, y'all going Al I think Jefferson. y'all the second best. Yeah, Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson. Al Jefferson, exactly. You threw me off there a little bit, but you're entirely right. I mean, when in a league that's starved of legitimate centers, Al Jefferson I is only I, he's only 31, I think. Um, he's about as accomplished of a, a guy as you could bring in. Not a huge name and a very good contract they signed him to. Uh, you're right, a very good contract. It was actually questioned at the time, and it's looking more and more like a bargain. As each day goes on, truth, I agree with you entirely. The Pacers, Larry Bird has this Pacers team pointed in a very promising direction. What about my Lakers? Who? What was they? They were just giving money away. Why yeah. didn't they give us some of that money? Good question. I mean, are you real excited about the Timothy Mozgov 
Timothy. No. I'm sorry. With Tim- an F. Timothy. Come on, I'm, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm very. We just wasted money. Who else did they get, Steve? Didn't they sign somebody? Lou, Lou, Lou Dang. Lou Dang. Are you excited about the Dookie? We finally got him. We've been trying to get him since the, uh, when he got in the league. That's a was a good pickup. But I, I think Lakers about two years away winning the championship. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you never know. It is L.A. Uh, free agency is a whole different animal now. Yeah. Um, maybe they will bring somebody in next season, but they're going to have to do something pretty drastic, I think, to win the, the hey, finals gonna, in a couple years. Hey, I'm going to leave y'all with this. Look out for the next two weeks. Uh, Indiana Foster get two players. Uh, and from Michigan State, I, the rumors is that they can be uh, two starters, seniors. Transfers? Uh, yes. Wow. Yes. Look, Indiana could be go from 18 to be number three uh, number three team in the nation next year. Wow. Okay. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Right. Thank you very much for the truth, the call, Truth. Have a great rest Good of your weekend. Good stuff there. I appreciate the – it's funny when in the radio business, for some reason, when, when it rains, it pours. And we go for a while without any calls, and then we get three or four calls. We actually had another guy – uh, Chris on the line that had to drop off too. So we, we just all of a sudden the phone lines light up. Um, out of those three, Steve, the one that I find, we had a, a Truth, who's a general caller. He calls in yeah. with NBA analysis, good stuff yep. across the board. Uh, we had Steve who was asking about the, the Thunder and Thunder. the Cavs. My intrigue, unique to you, is the college football question. What is your take on the Louisville football, college football program and their fan base? I, I think a lot of what you said that fans can be delusional is true. I, if you live in the Louisville area, you obviously are wishing for the, the cards to beat Florida State. But if from a countrywide perspective, looking in on it, no one's expecting Louisville to make a push for the college football playoff. So it's all about perspective. I mean, I. There's in, no, there's in no a denying that years, the Louisville, Louisville football fan base and the college football uh, program is growing, right? Yes. Now, are some of the fans a little delusional, and some of the media personalities, even that I'm friends yeah. with, and the, the radio personalities, base, are a little delusional? Yes. But you're right, and, and I said it earlier with Ohio State or anybody. There's 12 games. Every game means everything. So you can't go into the season thinking, well, we're going to lose this one, we're going to lose that one. Because if you do, you lose interest. Yeah. Especially in this day and age where there's a, what I think is a great college football playoff season, uh, you know, system, the BCS college football uh, playoffs. So legitimate reason for a program like Louisville to have hope that if they go undefeated, obviously they have to go undefeated, that they could have a run at it. The caller made a good point, though. I mean, look how – Look how long it took Clemson to get to that point to make the college football playoff. You yeah, know, they had they had good year after good year, and it just wasn't enough. You just have to get that recruiting up. I mean, it took a long time. College football is something that I, I hope to pick your brain on more throughout the rest of today's show, Steve. Um, and I, uh, to be honest with you, I'd like to have you on throughout the college football season more. Um, as you are, you, you actually follow it much closer than I do, so you have a unique perspective. We're going to head back to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, which, once again, is 
1450. We have a caller on the line. Katie is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Katie? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. What do you have for us this morning? I'm sorry, what? What's going on this morning? Well, I want to go back to the um, Cavs win. Um, I feel like Kyrie doesn't get enough credit for the win, and it's all about LeBron. And don't get me wrong, I love LeBron, but everybody seems to keep going back to LeBron being the reason they won the game. But how can anybody forget that three that was pivotal in the game for them to win? Sure. Okay. Great call. It's just a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Steve? I mean, I've, I've, I read a lot of articles that said that was the game-winning shot. But you can't ignore the storyline if you're, you know, ESPN or Yahoo Sports that LeBron, the whole LeBron storyline, leaving, coming home, being drafted by that team, living in Akron. It was just a bigger storyline. You, Ky- you had to run it. Admittedly, Kyrie was also drafted by that franchise, and he never left. True. Absolutely true. But, I mean, LeBron's the face of the NBA, or one of the faces if you're ESPN, something like that, you can't blame them for running LeBron stories for the next week and a half. Am I sensing a little tension between you and Katie? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> no, not. I'm, I'm a huge LeBron. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I I think he. I, I cried when they won. Um, but I just I think maybe because Kyrie doesn't enjoy the spotlight as much, maybe that factors into why True. people aren't talking about it. But I just want him to get the credit he deserves. That was, I mean, it was the Kyrie and LeBron show, and I think we wouldn't be in this position we are in if it wasn't for Kyrie. Okay, thank you very Absolutely. much for the call, Katie. We hope to hear from you again soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks, you too. Good stuff there, and there is a case to be made for that. I think there is a fine line. There's two sides of that, Steve, in my mind. There's the school of, of thought, or for earlier I referenced a just, overwhelmingly large number of people across the country are constantly trying to build a case for tearing LeBron down. I saw it happen to Shaq in 06 with the Heat, and I'll draw a parallel between that and this team in 2016, 10 years later. Shaq's presence on the court is undeniably dominant and impacts everyone on, the, yes. on his team in a way that you cannot quantify with a calculator. Yep. There is no denying that. Yep. Without Dwayne Wade, they would have not won that finals. They would not. Yes. He was the energy. He was scoring. He was doing this. He was doing that. But in hindsight now, I hear a lot of people say, Dwayne's the reason. And I, I always have a, a bizarre accent. I don't mean to when I'm impersonating. what As I, a delusional fan. A delusional idiot. Dwayne's the reason they won that finals. <laughs> Dwayne. Without Dwayne, they didn't win. Yeah, without Dwayne. You're right. They wouldn't have won it. You're right. Congrats. Without Shaq, they wouldn't have won it, too. Yeah, I mean... You need a team. You need more than one. So I think people get carried away by saying Dwayne's the reason they won that in 06. And I would draw a parallel to 2016 and say, yes, they wouldn't have won... Last year, they didn't have Kyrie, and that was the, clearly the deciding factor of why... Without Kyrie, you're right. They would not have won it this year, yep. right? Yep. But they also needed LeBron. Yeah. There's no denying that. You could say that about any championship-winning team, though, correct? Without Kevin McHale, Larry Bird would have never won it. Without Robert Parrish, Larry Bird was nothing. What does that prove? So if you're trying to use it to tear down a superstar, I disagree with you. If you're doing what Katie was doing, I agree. 
Kyrie deserves all Kyrie the credit in the world. Yes, he does. He's got the craziest handles um, that maybe that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he can go left. He can go right. He can get off layups effortlessly in a way that I, who else has ever been able he's, to do that? He's the layup king, right? The layup king, and he's just uh, proved to be cool under pressure. Game five, didn't he drop 41? Yeah, him and LeBron both. So you're right, Katie. Uh, without Kyrie, as we actually, in this case, we have a, a specific point of reference. Last year, they didn't have Kyrie, and they only won two games. This year, they do have Kyrie, and they won four. Yeah, but some people are making that out to Kyrie is more valuable than LeBron. Which right? is absolutely. But without LeBron, are they a, you know, they're probably the eighth seed, sixth seed. How many other guys could you put in Kyrie's shoes and they would have won the finals? Damian Lillard? I think you could put quite a few other guys there. Would Damian you do you think Damian Lillard? I think Damian you could Lillard, argue Damian Lillard's better defensively. He's a great player. I think they could have won it with him. Mike Conley Jr.? <sighs> Never made an all-star game. Still a great player. He's more of a true point guard. Not not as a pure scorer. And I think that's There's nobody that, who's that's really what the Cavs need. They need they need Kyrie to score like that because you know, sometimes LeBron's not hitting that jumper. That's not his strength. Yeah. It wasn't Shaq's strength to shoot jumpers either. That doesn't mean they don't impact I don't need, if if I get started on uh, people who who are tearing down Shaq, uh, LeBron and his value, I get fired up. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I'm not even I'm a Cincinnati fan. Cuz even if you dislike LeBron, you should still recognize that he's a great player, correct? Beyond or, a great or player. Or even if you don't like Michael or you know, Durant, Kobe, they're all still great players. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't deny that Kobe's a great player, and I don't like him. I don't dislike LeBron. I, and you know what? To Katie's point and to Katie's uh, call, call her Katie, I really like Kyrie, right? Yeah. Every, every interview, I've never seen a negative thing out of him at all. No. There was a funny story the day before he was drafted in the NBA final in the NBA draft that came out. Did you ever hear that? No, I didn't. I'll show you during the break, but okay. it was pretty entertaining involving, I think it was him and a stripper. So, that, I mean, it, that actually makes me like him more. Kelly, if you, were, if you were drafted, how many entertaining stories would there be on the internet? I don't know. It's a good question. I, it's really difficult to, uh, you know what I mean? Assess that, yeah. It is. Because um, maybe you would live a different lifestyle if you're rich I'm, and famous. I might, yeah, right? I may lead a, or maybe a, you'd be even more wild. You never know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to, for me to honestly say one way or the other would be a little far fetched because I don't know. If yeah. you have, I, I always for some reason I get into defending personalities. Justin Bieber <laughs> is one that I defend a lot. Do you do you defend Johnny Manziel? Johnny Manziel's different in my eyes. I think he's a a, a guy who, if he worked really hard, I, I would like to. Uh, consider myself a really hard worker, if nothing else. And if I was handed the opportunity to be an NFL, even a journeyman NFL quarterback, you'd work at it. I would like to think I would really embrace that opportunity. And I would love to be the backup on an NFL team for 10 years. How cool would that be? Seriously, you don't even get hurt. But during the offseason, if you wanted to go to Cabo. But Johnny Manziel's taking that to a different level. 
Have you do you follow him on Instagram? <laughs> no, but I I see a lot of the reports. You know where he's at, what he's tweeting. Why is he not trying to? Like I said, backup court. Look at Jason Garrett. Okay, you're backup to to Troy Aikman for how many years? You win a what three Super Bowls? Yeah, and then you become a head coach. You're very well respected. You live a great lifestyle. Johnny Manziel is just pissing all of that away. Yeah. Even his dad says he'd like to see him go to jail. That's when you know you've gone too far, right? Absent of like murder, right? Or well, some he's saying that because he doesn't want to sexual see him die. crime or something. Yeah, I defend Justin Bieber because he's a rock star, and that's what he's supposed to do. He's still putting out music, right? If I were his age, and I had a Maserati, and I had women throwing themselves at me left and right, yeah, I don't know how I'd react. Right? Yeah, athletes probably a little different. Though. Well, I mean, you still need to work hard to be a, a performer. You just need to know if your if your job is to be a, a meter maid and to uh, work on the meters down, you know, on the street. You need to figure out how you can do that job well if that's what you want to do. If you're to be a professional quarterback, you need to figure out how you can do that. If you're a musician, figure out how you can do that. But for Johnny Manziel, just to blatantly not even care is very interesting to me. Yeah. And he's still pr- he's proud of everything. Yeah. Which we- makes it entertaining. I follow him on Instagram. I started following him a couple weeks ago. He takes a lot of pride in, in partying. He's friends with that, what's that uh, white Jewish rapper's name? Oh. Lil, Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky, yeah. yeah. He's friend, real good friends with him. And, and he- Josh Gordon, right? Good friends with Josh Gordon. <laughs> Probably, uh, that's a real good person to have, you know, hanging out with. I don't know, man. I, 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 I'll defend Justin Bieber. I will not defend Johnny Mantel for some reason. That's where you draw the line. I don't know why. I just feel like being a backup quarterback <laughs> in the NFL would be the best gig ever. Yeah, you're right. And or, he's screwing it up. He had a chance to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. You know? He, he had, he and had the talent. talent. Yeah. And the talent. You could argue he could be a next, maybe Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. He's undersized, but in today's era of... What, what's going on, you, everybody's putting up good numbers. You don't need to put up the best numbers to, to be a good NFL quarterback. You're right. He could have been a really good NFL quarterback. I'm talking about just being a career backup. If he would have went to a different team, like the Bucks or the Raiders, do you think this would still would have happened? Is this a just a if pro- he product to- of being drafted by the Browns? Do I think that if he would have went to the Raiders, where, where what city are they in? Oakland. So if he would have went to Oakland. I mean, they already have a quarterback, but no, no, just no. hypothetically. I think it would have been worse if he went to Oakland. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I think he was going down the drain no matter what team he went to. He, he just wanted, he didn't want to practice at all, and he wanted to start. He didn't even want to learn the playbook. I, in a way, I kind of respect it. Clearly, he just doesn't care about anything. So, I mean, but but I, it's difficult for me to really get behind it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go out and just screw everything up, I just don't want to see him like five years from now doing what, who is it, Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus yeah, Russell is now like 29 and he's like lost some weight. I think and he's, he's gotten he's better, yeah. What? He's He made an attempt to get back in the league, right? That's just kind of sad. But I mean, sad, he could though. be like Ryan Leaf and what did he do? Like, he ended up in prison. Breaking in. In the people's houses. Because he's a heroin to, addict yeah. or a pain pill addict who, who... That's where you don't want to see it go. No, that, that, that gets to where it's sad. 
if Johnny Manziel just the rest of his life is a playboy who I don't know how I would like to see the actual numbers. I think as he, to what kind of money his family has. Because if they have legitimate money where he doesn't need an NFL yeah. contract, then that's cool. I think his dad said that Johnny has more money than him. So I don't know if his parents have a ton of money. But I th- if he has a source he, of income, yeah. if his dad's fifty, I think his dad cut old. him off though. It's over. But if his dad's fifty-two years old and he makes four hundred thousand a year. Yeah. He's probably going to make that much or more in 10 years. I'm sure he could get a you know, reality TV show gig, too. He needs to start releasing sex tapes. <laughs> no, I don't know what it, where it goes from here, right? Reality television? Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. Definitely where. not playing football this next year, though. Not in the NFL. No, very bizarre story. We're going to get to that and more. We got plenty. I still want to get into college football with you because you're an actual college football fan. We need that injected into the weekend sports bus. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself, Kelly Patrick, Steve Driver, and I will be back with more of the weekend sports bus.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you as we do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined in studio this morning by one Steve Driver. Talking not only about NBA free agency, the rapidly increasing amount of money that NBA players are being paid, which seems to be getting under the skin of many fans across the country. Yeah, even current NFL players. D'Angelo Williams. That's one thing that bothers me, and I know that our show consists of many, many tangents, but that's what it is. Why in the hell do I watch ESPN and I see on the bottom D'Angelo Williams' comments on NBA contracts? Who cares? Steve? I'm... I guess I agree with you. I mean, who? I don't, I don't care about his opinion. File this under the, the, the heading of, in the middle of the NBA playoffs, we continually see Scottie Pippen thinks the 96 Bulls are better than the Warriors. Are the better than the current Warriors. And then that is, is all it's dressed. It's a headline. It's a headline and dressed up as if it's legitimate news. Who cares? I'm sure if any ex-athlete was asked, we could have, um, remember Bonzi Wells? Yeah. I bet we could ask him, do you want to go find him right now and say, do you think you could beat LeBron one-on-one? What if he said he could? His, his Blazers team was better. <laughs> because of the era. The 73-win Warriors. <laughs> Who cares? There's so many things that are, are dressed up, and I know that it's all driven by fan interest, so people do care. I shouldn't be mocking the whole system. That's what it is, right? People do care. Yeah. NFL players, for some reason, are given a platform right now to be critical of NBA contracts. My question to the casual fan who's critical of NBA contracts is this. Sure, you can't relate to Kent Bazemore getting paid $10 million a year. Could you relate to it when he's getting paid $2 million a year? You make $50,000 a year. Was $2 million that much easier for you to digest? Does it make you feel so much worse now that he's getting paid $10 million? How does that impact us as fans? Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. I understand Mike Conley Jr. came out of Ohio State with Greg Oden. Oden was supposed to be one of the best centers of his generation. Mike Conley Jr. was thought of to be the son of, a, I think, a track star. So a freakish athlete. Wasn't his dad a track star? I'm not too sure about that. I think Mike Connolly Sr. was an accomplished track athlete. And Mike Connolly Jr. was viewed by many as being almost a throw-in. He was the teammate of Greg Odin's originally, right? Yeah. And now he's turned into a, a very serviceable point guard in the NBA, but he signed this richest contract in the history of the NBA despite having never made an all-star game. Now so many people are so upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I can see both sides of it, though. As If you're the Grizzlies GM or owner, I mean, what else are you going to do? Is Durant coming to Memphis? Probably not. So you try to get these mid-level guys, and you're just going to have to pay them more. You end up with money. Chandler Parsons, you're going to have to pay him $100 million. How good's Chandler Parsons? That's a good question. Uh, we'll find out this year, right? He's going to have a good point guard with Conley. Um I think it's still still to be seen. They still have Gasol, right? They still have 
Zebo, Zach Randolph? Yeah, they should, yeah. They could be good. Yeah. They're in the East, right? No, they're, no, in, the they're West. in the West. Yeah, they could be good. I, a couple of years ago, didn't they make the uh, Western Conference Finals? They did. Yeah. I think they then fired their coach. It's an interesting world that we live in when it comes to fans and their opinions on NBA or NFL or any type of contracts. Everybody's quick to say so-and-so's not worth it or this or that. It's something that, that really interests me because I just because we cannot relate to it as the average person does not mean I can't. Do you think that a, 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 a you know, a guy on Wall Street who makes $40 million a year, is he worth it? Who knows? I guess if somebody's willing to pay it, you take it. I don't know. It's just, to me, it's a whole different world. I mean, I can't relate to guys making $100 million. But from the NFL perspective, I do feel like those guys should make as much or more the NBA players. I know it's a whole different world. I'm going to go back to my coal miner argument. <laughs> I think coal miners should make make as much because they put their bodies in serious. They're not on TV every day, Ryan. Well, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Marcus on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Marcus? I'm wet. Are you? You outside? Is it raining where you are? It's raining. I don't like. Why is it raining near the Fourth of July? I don't like that. I don't. I don't think that the fact that Fourth of July is upon us that that has any bearing on whether or not it'll rain, based on what I know. Well. That's uh, it. Should okay. I'll see. It should if I, always I'll, be sunny on Independence Day. I'll, I'll see if I can pull some strings. I hope so. Hey, listen. Let me ask you something. Uh, why, how do you think that NFL guys are going to make as much money as NBA guys when a the NFL was the only plays once a week and there's 53 guys on the team and the NBA will get 82 times a season? Plus, there's only 13 or 14 guys on the team. See, that math ain't ever going to work. Okay. Interesting. So, so you're, you're looking at the actual nuts and bolts of it. In order to do a true analysis from that side of it, I would have to see all the numbers. I would have to have some pretty smart people with me and, you know, some calculators. And I would have to say how much revenue is brought in, how much expense, how expensive is it to have these Major League Baseball Stadiums open for 81 games yeah. each for each, you know. Right, Marcus? Right. And I could care less. Yeah, none of that. As far as I'm concerned, guys, guys can pay what the market will bear. Yeah. You know? All we're seeing now is just a boost in uh, basketball revenue because of, you know, advertising contracts and this, that, and the other. So for a little while, basketball players are going to be like baseball players, and everybody's going to be like, how are they getting this much money? Well, because because of the day who produces enough money for them to get paid that. I don't care if Mike Conley gets paid $35 million a year. Good for him. So, if you signed a contract and you got screwed and you couldn't make enough money to make a living, well, what was that idiot NBA guy who one time turned down a contract and said, I got to be, be not chilling? Latrell Sprewell. He had like 16 of them. 
Latrell Sprewell. Yeah. So. Marcus, we appreciate anyway, your call. Anyway, before- July, is it, is, it, is it the baseball season in full swing? It is, and we happen to have a Cleveland Indians fan in studio with us. Marcus, what is your analysis? You are our weekly resident baseball guru. What is the current state of Major League Baseball, and how can we get our listeners interested? How can we get what? Sorry, I missed that last book. How can we get our listeners to be interested? Well, they should be interested. They're Americans, right? <laughs> it is the American national sport and the American pastime. So I assume that anyone born in this country is born with a gene that makes you like baseball. And if not, well, maybe you should move to Ecuador or somewhere and watch him kick a round ball around in circles for 90 minutes without scoring. Oh, God, how exciting is that? No, it's not. Anyway, uh, current state of baseball, Cleveland Indians, your 2016 World Series champions. Woo! Marcus did call that a while ago. I'll give him that. Nice. I did. That's, uh, that's, not, my, that's not my favorite result of this season, but I'm perfectly, perfectly happy. I think there's a lot of people who are just casual and average baseball fans who have a soft spot for the Cleveland Indians because of the movie Major League. <laughs> So you feel like you have a connection to them just because you've seen that movie so many times. Yeah. Sure, that's fair. I watched it the other day, and I agree with you. Classic. It's classic, and everybody likes to root for an underdog, and being a perennial underdog, not just the Indians, because they've had some success, but the city of Cleveland, it's easy to get behind. At least it is for me, even though I'm a Cincinnati sports fan. Well, just hold on a few more years, and people will pity Cincinnati like they used to Cleveland. <laughs> Sure. I appreciate the update and the call, Marcus. Um, thank you very much, and we appreciate the little bit of baseball insight that you give us each week. Have a great rest of your weekend, Marcus. Thank you. Happy Independence Day. Thank you very much. He, he made a good point, Kelly, about um, 82 games versus the NFL 16, 52-man roster versus however many players are on an NBA team. I mean that was a very, that was a very good point. My argument would be the NFL is trying to extend the season as is to you know to get more revenue out of it, and they have the most viewers ever. So I think what it's turning into is television contracts. Yeah, that's the, all it is. Run yep. the world. Yep. And for us to sit here in our chairs in Louisville, Kentucky. And to say this guy's not worth it or that guy's not worth it, that's defeating the whole purpose. It's entertainment. Um, I'm not going to be critical of so-and-so on a soap opera or whoever's on The Walking Dead or whatever television series we watch because that's basically what it is to us. It's not going to impact us in any way other than that, other than entertainment and uh, anything. That's what it is. So why get caught up in the the semantics or the specifics of anything? just enjoy it for what it is and move on with your life. If you're getting upset about NBA contracts, you've got some personal issues you need to look into. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We have caller Chris is on the line with us. Chris tried to get through earlier, but we got him back on. Chris, how are you doing this morning? Oh, we're doing good. Appreciate you calling in. I want to know what you all think about uh, how far behind – Ohio State or Florida State is the U of L football team. 
Okay, good question and relevant to what we were saying earlier. Thank you very much for the call, Chris. Steve, being our resident, I will appoint you our resident college football analyst. What What was he saying that Ohio State and Florida State are behind? No, he's uh, at, the other way around. He was asking how far behind. Oh, okay. Well, uh, a program it, like because we referenced earlier Florida State and Ohio State. It's tough to say. There's so many. There's so much history behind. Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama, that dates back, you know, 60s, 70s, championships from decades ago. Archie Griffin. Yeah, but it does help that UofL is in a Power 5 conference now. That's your first step. Your second step is to get top high school athletes to want to come to your school. And how do you do that? You win. You get better facilities. And they're doing that. Yeah, they are. So it's just gonna be it's just gonna it's just gonna take time. You you're gonna have to win ten games for five years in a row and eventually you crack the college football playoff. You're in there a couple of years, the next thing you know you're a powerhouse. So it's just gonna take time. I, I referenced earlier that I think there's an element of delusion among the Louisville fan base when it comes to college football. That upsets many. But when I hear, uh, you know, the, the odds came out the other day. There's a 1 in 50 chance, according to Vegas, that Lamar Jackson will win the Heisman this year. Did you see that, Steve? I did not. That's pretty good. Lamar Jackson is no question about it a uh, budding star. He was a freshman last year. He's going to be a sophomore. He can run like no quarterback arguably in the country. And he's got an arm. A 2% chance of winning the Heisman, that's pretty significant. Yeah. But let's not get carried away and think that's anything more than it is. That's 2%. Or that means they're going to win the national championship because they have Lamar Jackson. They're going to run the table. And it's more than Lamar Jackson. You're going to need, you know, every year we see teams that pop up and have a big year and are, are they contenders, title contenders. You need to do that for consistently over a period of time. Back in 2006, Louisville made a a little bit of a run if they wouldn't have lost to, I think it was uh, Rutgers with Ray Rice and was Brian Leonard the the fullback? I forget. But there was another guy on that team that made a a career in the NFL. But if Louisville would have won that, they would have had a chance at doing something and making some legitimate noise. Yeah. They came close. That was 10 years ago. How significant is that in the progression of this program? I, that's hard to quantify. I, you could also look at the loss to, was it UCF with Blake Bortles? Yeah. I mean, those are, those are losses that you're going to have to get over. You should have won those games. But now that you're in a bigger conference, you don't have to worry about losing the Rutgers or... Central Florida. So now you got to focus on trying to beat Clemson and Florida State and the other powerhouses of the ACC. It's it's just hard to... The, the national perspective of Louisville is, is just not there yet. I mean, fans in the city of Louisville can hope that they're going to make the playoff, but it's just not there. You're going to have have to have multiple years of success of 
losing one or two games. As of May 10th, an article I'm reading from ESPN, uh, top 25. So the ESPN May 10th top 25 list has Louisville projected as the number 25 team overall, which is good. Is there any other teams in Kentucky in front of them? Is that... No, I'm saying is Western Kentucky. No. Ranked. No. Certainly not. Miami's number 24 for a little bit of local uh, connectivity. Uh, I'll keep going here. There's obviously plenty of SEC teams. North Carolina's 19. Houston, you could draw somewhat of a parallel. And what I mean by that is a relatively... But they're not in a Power 5 conference. They're not in a Power 5 conference, but But they're coming from a place similar to Louisville. Yeah, As much as Louisville fans may not want to believe that, we're coming from a place where we don't have the history of a lot of these other programs. Um, So yeah, Miami and North Carolina are the ACC teams thus far that I see ranked ahead of them. The problem with Houston, though, is you get Tom Herman, the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. You kill it last year. You start to get these big recruits, four stars. I think they got two five stars this past year. But how long is he going to stay there? He he had offers this past year, and he didn't want to leave because he didn't want to give Houston one year and just bounce on them. So, so how long is Tom Herman going to stay there? And if he leaves, are they going to bring be able to bring in another coach to carry on that success? It's just hard to do if you're Houston. You know, it's easy. All you need to do is have your coach leave you, get involved in a sex scandal. And then beg for his job back, and then come back and so Tom pledge Herm- his yeah. al- his allegiance, right? Yeah, simple formula. Get a, a volleyball coach, young, attractive, blonde. Get the head coach on a, a motorcycle with her, and then um, and then hire him back for for a discount. Florida State Seminoles, another ACC team. They come in at number four overall, um, and then Clemson's number two. Alabama. Stanford's up there, right? Alabama's number one. I'll, I'll, I'll go through the rankings. Anything that stands out to you, Steve, because you do follow it much I more mean, closely than I do. Admittedly, this is a downtime of the year, and, and so you're not completely on top of it, but Clemson's two, Michigan's number three. I know you're a big Michigan fan. We can usually guess who's going to be in the top ten, though, right? You pick a couple Big 12 teams, one or two Pac-12 teams, three or four SEC teams, and two Big 10 teams. Throw in Clemson and Florida State, right? Yeah. Four is Florida State. Five is Oklahoma. Six is LSU. Seven is Baylor. Eight is Stanford. You're right. Eight, Stanford. Nine is Notre Dame. And number 10 is your Ohio State Buckeyes. Baylor's going to slip, though, right? Man, they've lost some recruits. They've had some... Recap our listeners on exactly what went down with Baylor. Oh wow, I don't, I don't know Art if I Bryles, can. Art, yeah. Let me look it up. Co- I'll, I'll bring it up. They covered up just a ton of misconduct. You know, our Bryles it, came out from and, athletes, whether it be domestic violence, uh, phys- sexual misconduct, sexual misconduct, <laughs> physical abuse. That's a refreshing thing. Is anytime you think this Louisville scandal that the basketball program's going through. Is stressful and just horrible. <laughs> These football scandals are ten times worse. They really right? are. If you're a Baylor football fan, and that's just devastating. <laughs> it's not good. 
you were in contention for the college football playoffs the past two years, and now probably for the next five to ten years, it will be very tough to get back to the top of the Big 12, especially when half of the recruits that were signed this past year, half of them are planning on leaving. What would... <laughs> Sounds horrible. I mean, other than being called a racist, I mean, right, right up there with being called a racist in 2016, if you have, um, well, they cover up sexual misconduct. It doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah. I'm just reading on, on one of these websites, just some little ex-Baylor signee Cobb signs with Oklahoma. Ex-Baylor commit Munn, four-star QB, picks Texas A&M. Ex-Baylor signee, four-star running back, joins Auburn. Just losing four-star recruit after four-star recruit. So they're headed down. What do you think of the yeah. other programs in the top ten? Anything stand out to you? Um, what about Michigan? Yeah, they made a big leap. I mean, Harbaugh's, he's making some noise, isn't he? Isn't it wild? It doesn't seem that that is the most, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. What he did with Stanford was very impressive. Yeah. So he built his name in Stanford, went and had a pretty successful run with the, with the Niners, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And AFC Championship game and then parlayed the Super Bowl. That, parlayed that right into one of the biggest college football jobs in the country. Yep. Coaching at the, what do they call it, the big house? Yep. And then the uh, 49ers let go of them because they didn't get along with them, right? Yeah. Now look suppo- where they are. Look where they are. So, so you're defending Jim Harbaugh. I, I think he's a tough personality to get along with, but from the 49ers standpoint, to cut ties with him and then just end up losing a lot of players from your roster that they go, had go a, on and retire because... Very prematurely. Yeah. Right? How many guys do they have that just up and retired? And then they, you know, three what, or four, right? I mean, he, Chris he, Borland. What's the linebacker's name? Uh, I forget. Patrick Will, Willis. Patrick Willis. But even Patrick Bill, Willis's backup is that Borland? Yeah. Um, I think Justin Smith just Justin up and retired. Smith. Olden Smith obviously is a lunatic. Playing but, for the Raiders now. Yeah, <laughs> that that's an interesting one. Is Alden Smith gets like three DUIs, goes into a plane, says he has a bomb on him. I mean. Regular run-of-the-mill stuff. And is then granted his release from the Niners. Gets to stay in the Bay Area. And then he just suits up like a couple weeks later and plays for the Raiders. That is very bizarre. He's suspended now. Yes, he is. He's going to miss some of this season. But But he's historically one of the greatest pass rushers and sack masters. Numbers-wise, yes. Numbers-wise, if you, you know... Uh, calculate that out and project it over a, a career. He was on pace for something ridiculous. And then he went down that all-too-common slippery slope of three DUIs and then threatening to blow up a plane. Yeah. I mean, that happens. <laughs> it worked out for him, though. He's on a pretty good team, right? He's on the Raiders. Starting the you know good defense, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You have young talent everywhere. You know, Derek Carr, TJ Yeldon. No, he... Does he play there? TJ Yeldon? I, I believe so. Would you draw Cooper, they you know, they got talent everywhere. Khalil Mack. This is what I do is I, I, I take the conversations that we have and I just go off on random tangents. You were just touting. We just switched from college football to Yeah, the we NFL. can go back to college football. No, I don't mind at that. all. You no, don't say sorry. You were just touting the Raiders as an desirable place to be, and I don't disagree with you. 
The Bengals are also now a desirable place to be. Mike Brown and whatever Al Davis' son's name is. You know? Mike Mike Davis, Mark Davis. Whatever it is. Um, They run those programs. And they have gotten horrible raps over the years. They've stuck with their philosophy, maybe tweaked it a little bit. And now it seems to be working. I think Al Davis moving on, he was notorious for some of the worst draft picks ever. So having some different management there helps. Okay, what do you say about Mike Brown, though? Obviously, Paul Brown's one of the most, he founded both the Browns and the Bengals, one of the most respected names in the history of the sport. Yeah. His son, Mike Brown, was viewed as being just, for years, a fool. And he's stubborn. Still, yeah. Stubborn. Him and his, his daughter run the, God, I didn't realize Al Davis died in 2011. I didn't realize it had been five years. Yeah. Um, but now, for some reason, the Bengals are, are contending. Flaking out in the clutch moments, but still, they should be yeah. good this upcoming they lost, year. They lost quite a few key players. They did. You and I were reviewing those, yeah. those rosters. You want, you the want to pull that up? I think they, they lost a lot of free agents there. A couple wide receivers, right? And they the lost safety, Reggie Nelson. Hugh Jackson, their offense coordinator, who I think is very successful as offense coordinator, right? At one time, I think he was the head coach of the Raiders. Yes, he was. Now he's the head coach of the Browns. He's the head coach of the Browns, that's right. Yeah. The NFL free agency is a whole different animal and something that I'm admittedly not very well versed on at the moment heading into the season, which starts in September, so we've got some time. That's what these summer months are for is, is long. And this is arguably my favorite time of the year for sports radio is we get to talk about uh, the issues that interest the fans. Kevin, earlier in the show, directed our show in large part into a, a direction that I'm interested in. And I want to get to more in the, the final part of the show. We're going to head to a break. But Kevin, earlier in the show, is a Louisville fan. He calls in almost every week. And... The sentiment of his call was that he thinks the Louisville fan base is getting a little carried away when it comes to football. Right, Steve? Yeah. And, and that's something that really strikes a chord with me. I think it's, it's very accurate. I think a lot of the local media, which a lot of them are my friends. I've been in the, involved now for you know five or six years. Um, they wear the hat of the Louisville fans, and they are almost hyping the Louisville football program to a degree that they think Lamar Jackson's going to win the, the Heisman every year or something like that. And, and maybe Louisville's going to run the table and go to the college football playoffs. Admittedly, they are, they are ranked top 25, which is significant. But I think in a way we need to pump the brakes. We need to support our, our team. But we need to taper our expectations. We need to try to be a, at least realistic. I don't like the uh, just general consensus of delusion that is so commonly accepted among Louisville college football fans. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself, Kelly Patrick, and Steve Driver will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. When I need them, hot pants. When I want them, hot pants.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick, joined in studio by Steve Driver. Sorry, I didn't have you on there, Steve. Sorry, Kelly. Thanks for having me. No, this has been a great show, and I, I, I like the, as I constantly reference, we are the only locally owned sports radio station in the Louisville market. Nice. Our man Dugan Ryan gives us the chance to be on the air each week. Gives us the creative flexibility to talk about what we want to talk about. We like to try to drive callers via the Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line at 502-384-1450. But for the most part, we get to talk about what it is we want to talk about. And prompted by our man Kevin, who calls in almost every week. We appreciate you getting involved uh, in his call earlier today. Uh, his... Analysis of the Louisville football fan base saying he specifically referenced and helped me to, to re, uh, remember exactly what he said, Steve. He referenced Clemson and Florida State. Yep. And I think what he meant is that Clemson and Florida State have been college football powers for a very long time. And when, when you say powers, you don't just mean that they've had a program. They've had ridiculous fan support. 70,000 people showing up. Yeah. Crazy spring game numbers. Louisville has not had that, but they are growing. So I don't want to sell the Louisville fan base short too much. But we're not quite there yet. Where is the Louisville football program? Like you said, it's just not quite there yet. I, I was going to ask you the same thing. As, since you're a Louisville fan, what do they need to do to get to that point of Clemson, Florida State? Right now, it's just it's just not there, and I don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna take to get there. Probably a couple ten, eleven win seasons, making maybe making the playoffs one year. Where do they need to get there, Kelly? Uh, an appearance in the BCS college football playoffs would be huge, even if you lose. How long will that take to get there? I realistically think Two it, years? it could happen this year. I'm not going to write that off. You, you're shaking your head. You don't think so? I, I, wouldn't pr- I wouldn't put money on it. I'm saying it could. You never could, know. Yeah. Um, could happen next year. Maybe Lamar Jackson's junior year. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, I am a believer in Bobby Petrino. I was almost poking fun at him earlier, referencing his scandals and whatnot. But when it comes to coaching college football, I really do think he's one of on a very short list. I'd agree with you. Okay, you do. What kind of a short list? Top five coaches? No, I I don't think so. Okay, top ten? Yeah, probably right on that cusp, 10 to 15. You follow this closely. Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban, D'Antonio, Stanford's head head coach. 
What's his name? I forget his name. I'll bring it up. But he was the guy who was under. Uh, he's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We have a caller on the line. We have Donovan on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Donovan? Oh, outstanding, guys. Good show. Thank you. Well, the reason that I'm calling, though, is about the reasonable expectations of the program. I come from a little, little bit different uh, angle because I am actually not really a Louisville fan, but my team that I have always loved used to be on the pinnacle of college football for many years, and now it's fallen from grace, and even they have a lot of things in place that would make them a great team again, and they still can't. They really still can't make it back up. Um, Who's, I'm a Hurricane fan. Oh, Miami Hurricanes, okay. okay. And, you know, they have all that talent down there. They have the good weather. They have, they're playing in a pro, pro stadium. You know, now they have a good coach. We'll see if that changes. But for how many years now, they have been just off the table of being any kind of contingent for anything. And uh, if they can't make it, it shows you how hard it is to make it. Because if it wasn't for the USFL, for instance, uh, saying they're going to have a pro team in Miami and offering it to the Schnellenberger, so he quits the Hurricanes to take the job, then they refuse to put a team in Miami, so he's jobless. Without him having to come to Louisville, that was actually your first, you know, connection of something good, of, of a pipeline of talent downtown to Florida. So imagine if, for some reason, your coaching staff pipeline connection to, to the talent base down there were to dry up. It makes it even harder. So it's going to take some time, a lot of time. I don't even know when my team is going to make it back. Very fair. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that, Donovan. And, I mean, how many – off the top of my head, I don't know the answer. How many national championships have your Hurricanes won? Five. Okay. <laughs> so, for Louisville fans to be getting so excited about the college football season, and Donovan here has got his Hurricanes – who have five national championships. There's so many programs out there that have a history. Our earlier caller referenced Florida State or Miami, or he referenced Clemson, and Donovan's bringing up Miami. These are all within the ACC. We haven't even cracked the Big Ten or the SEC or the Big 12 or anything. Um, All I'm asking our, our Louisville football fans to do is maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Support your team, but don't overlook reality. Thank you very much for the call, Donovan. Take care. Good stuff there. Steve, yeah. what is your take on Donovan's call? Uh, very good call. I, Miami, they're in a tough position just because they have to deal with Florida, Florida State. There's so, so many college football teams in Florida and only so much talent to go around. And then you have teams that come in and pick from that crop like Alabama, LSU, Ohio State. So, you know, they're in a tough position. They got Mark Rick to help them out. But, I mean, they're they're a big-name team. You mentioned Mark Rick. Oh, yeah. Didn't he come from Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've got a little bit of a tradition, too. How many? There's many so bring? many <laughs> great teams that are just on the cusp that can't. Did it, and did, I, I don't think Louisville is on Georgia's level yet. Or maybe... 
I mean, do you? No. It's just hard to quantify which team is. It sounds like where. I'm calling out. I'm a Louisville fan. It sounds like I'm calling out my friends, right? And Louisville's in a tough place, and recruiting wise, you're kind of just sitting in the middle. I mean, you have Ohio, you can pull from. You should win the state of Kentucky. You can pull from Florida, surrounding states. Recruiting base is everything. Yeah. Tennessee thrived when Alabama was down. They've been getting great recruits, though. They have. But, but one of the main reasons for that was that they recruited the state of Alabama very well. Now that Nick Saban's dominating Alabama, obviously Nick Saban dominates everywhere. Oh, we haven't even talked about Alabama. There's so many powers out there. Yeah. That we haven't even got. Texas. USC. USC. And there's more. LSU. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma State. So back to, this is kind of bothering. Where, where do you put Petrino? You said top 10, maybe? Do you like him more than Mark Richt? Bob Stoops? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know. You're scared to make a stance on this, right? Well, I, I would say that Petrino may deserve, because of if you were handed the keys, all right, when he was given the opportunity to Arkansas, and Arkansas actually has a pretty good program with resources, right? He was successful there, yeah. He was successful there, right? Ryan Mallett. Yep. DMC, right? They had other guys, yeah. Um, who's the other running back? They had like three there. At yeah, the same not time. Darren McFadden, but uh, Felix Jones. Yeah, and then so, they had. Uh, there was other guys. They had another quarterback, Tyler something. Who was the big white boy, fullback, played for the Browns. Oh for the yeah, long. yeah, yeah, yeah. Most dominant recent right white running back in the NFL, right? Yeah, maybe ever. Ever. Not ever, but in the last twenty years. Yeah, he had that one huge year, and he's just too big. He was like six foot four, wasn't he? Yeah, what was he, his name? You're a Browns fan. Man, I always... Uh, you slip. If you put you on the spot, I understand. I'm the same way. He was a, a one-hit wonder. I think he ended up with the, the Broncos. He went to the Giants. Didn't he too. play for the Broncos at one point? Regardless. Regardless, Bobby Petrino, when handed the keys to a big program with resources, he did not disappoint. Did he? No. Now, if he would have been handed the, the keys to Alabama, would he have disappointed? Would he... Would, would the, the, the Alabama Crimson Tide, would they have thrived under Bobby Petrino? Probably not. They probably would not have? I mean, not as good as they are now, right? No, I'm not saying Bobby Petrino's the same as Saban or on that level. But I, I would say he's top 10, maybe top 15, something P- like that. Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis, yeah. Remember how good he was that one year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he got a huge contract after How tall that. is he? I'm going to bring that up. You can't be that tall and have longevity. Remember Brandon Jacobs? Think about that backfield, though. Peyton Hillis was only 6'2". I think Brandon Jacobs was 6'4". He was a beast. I always liked him. Oh, yeah. But he Dar- was an animal. Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis? Yeah. Wow. Kind of reminds you of some of those Miami teams back in the day. They were loaded. But, um... Back to Petrino, would he be as successful for for Alabama? Probably not. But I think this is the right place for him. 
I mean, he's got a second chance. He's a little bit under the radar. I mean, he's got an opportunity to uh, do big things here. As long as he makes that next jump towards the playoffs, Louisville should be in a good spot. Yeah, they need to temper expectations a little bit, but they're only on the way up. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not talking about college football today because I think that I would like to talk about base, Major League Baseball more, but we don't have a baseball team. Right? Yeah. We have a college football team that I said earlier they could make the playoffs this year. Probably won't. Right? Yeah. But they could. Louisville has a, a legitimate head coach. They've got resources. They generate revenue on par with some of the top programs in the country, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so when it comes to the, the, the things that factor in to giving you a chance to compete— Donovan brought up a great point, and anybody else could who's a fan of somewhere else. I mean, I, you like how I said, oh, how many? I didn't even want to hear the answer. Donovan, yeah. how many Hurricanes cha- national championships do you guys have? Oh, five. And he's oh, we don't have one yet. We don't have one yet. And he's disappointed he's in dis- the team. Exactly. And they're ranked top 25 right now. Next week, we're going to have uh, a local boxing trainer in studio with us at 1030. I hope to have Steve back in with us. Um, Nick Barris. And he's got a couple of his brothers who help him. Um, he's been training boxers here locally. He's been doing it for years. I've known Nick for a long time. He's a great guy. Um, with the recent passing of Muhammad Ali, I would argue that boxing in the Louisville area has come to the forefront uh, more so than, than it has in a very long time. Um, but Nick Barris is going to be in studio once again from 1030 to 11. I've got Nick on the line with us. Nick, how are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing fine. This is Nick Barris at Louisville Select Boxing uh, next Sunday. I'm looking forward to coming on the show, and um, I'm bringing uh, three of my fighters on there. All three were Indiana Golden Gloves winners. Uh, One of them recently won the uh, title boxing national championships in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, It's the first fighter in the state of Kentucky to win a national tournament in 2016. Um, I'm also looking forward to talking about our upcoming event going to the Ringside World Championship. So, all in all, I think boxing in, in Louisville is is on the come up. There's a lot of a lot of interest. There's a lot of people doing it, and uh, it's something that that I look forward to being on the show next week and talking about. So, thank you guys for having us on, and, and Louisville Select Boxing to be in the house next week. So, everyone, tune in and check us out. Thank you. Good stuff there from our man Nick Barris, and I can say, um, having known the Barris brothers for years, that they're good doing it for the <laughs> in a sport like boxing. Steve, you and I have been boxing fans for a long time. Yes, in a sport like boxing, which is marred with corruption, right? I love boxing. Corruption at all levels. Yeah, honestly, tell you <laughs> that Nick and his brothers are in it for the right reasons. Why do I know that? Because he. He wants me to train with him. Steve, do you think I have much potential as a professional boxer? Absolutely not. (laughs) But Nick has the talent. He gets these young kids in. He's got pipelines all across the city, and they're constantly growing. And he's getting some seriously talented. You said you heard him. Three guys that will be in studio with us next week are are Indiana Golden Gloves champions. And you could be the next. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I could not. I'm 32 years old. Um, but boxing is a great workout, and, yeah. and it's a really cool thing. Yeah. And Nick has a gym um, that he operates, and his brothers, they do a great job with it. I know Nick is an authentic boxing fan who wants to help people. He's not doing it to make money. Yeah. Um, he, he, he loves helping young kids stay on the straight and narrow and do good things with their lives. And he gets a lot out of it, too. I mean, he's, I'm not saying Nick's, you know, any better than anybody else, but he's doing it because he enjoys, he gets a lot out of it personally, but he gets these young kids in there training with him, and um, he, he loves seeing them excel, him and his brothers, and their dad's real involved with it. The Barris family um, is great for the sport of boxing in 2016 in the city of Louisville, and I look forward to seeing with us next Sunday. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. No question about it. We've got about five minutes left. Gary Lockard um, hosts a show on 1450. Just got a message from him. He's saying, can we all just agree that Lane Kiffin is an absolute joke of a head coach and should probably stay as an offensive coordinator, and he's just lucky that he got the job that he currently has. What do you think of that? Kelly, I think that's a great point. I mean, how did he get these head coaching jobs with the Raiders? Well, Al Davis. Tennessee, USC. I mean, he's just garbage. He's at, he got the perfect gig as offensive coordinator for Alabama. He should stay there, right? Absolutely. No one should offer him a head coaching job. It's very interesting to me. His dad was – nobody will deny that Monte, Monty Kiffin. Yep. Monty Kiffin created what they call the Tampa 2. Defensive the, genius, right? Defen, defensive genius. Still coaches. Is he? I think I, so. I, think, I think his son fired him. <laughs> Lane Kiffin wasn't fired he, him at one point. Wasn't at, at he with the Titans? He recently? may be. Let's bring it up. Yeah, not too sure on that. I, you may be thinking of of uh, Dick, um, the guy who was the defensive coordinator for the Steelers. What's his name? And I think he went to the Titans. Regardless, let me see. God, look at this. Yeah, you're right. Lane Ki- Monte Kiffin is a, a, a defensive assistant for the Jacksonville Jaguars okay. currently. Jaguars. Started in 2016. He's 76. Wow. Now, the defensive coordinator that I was referring to, who's with the Titans, I'm pretty sure who you're thinking of, he created the, the current incarnation of what they call the 3-4 defense and just the, the absolute um, model of consistency that the Steelers have put together. Dick LeBeau? Dick LeBeau. Is he, yep. with, is he with the... I believe he is, yes. He, you, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah. And he's up there in age, too. It's oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's 78. Isn't that funny? Is he, is he currently employed? Look, he's 78. Look how tough he looks. He could probably beat me up. Yeah, he's with the Titans. He's their defensive coordinator and assistant head coach at 78. Wow. Are you surprised that the uh, Steelers cut ties with him? They, I, they needed a change, right? You know, he was the head coach of my Bengals at one point. From 19... Wait. From 2000 to 2002, he was the head coach of the Bengals. He drafted, dun, dun, dun. Where am I headed? Number one overall pick, Steve, you should know this, Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson. <laughs> Number one overall, and his, his idea was he was going to be the 3-4 nose guard. How'd, they, how'd it work out? Not too well, clearly. Too well. His, his tenure was only three seasons, and they, they were at the bottom of the NFL. But Dick LeBeau... One of the greatest minds in the history of football. 
In, in, in Monty Kiffin, back to that point, to one Lane, of the greatest defensive back to Lane lines. Kiffin. Yeah, and Lane Kiffin, I agree with, with Gary. Uh, yeah. is, a, is a joke. He was the offensive coordinator for some of those Pete Carroll-led USC teams. Yeah, and then after Carroll passed on the uh, USC problematic Reggie Bush situation, he got out of there in the nick of time. That's when uh, Lane took over, right? Yep, All and right? he tried to recreate that. Yeah, and just couldn't do it. Safe statement that it didn't work. Yep. And it's also safe to say that he's in a good place now, though. Yeah, but it didn't work at Tennessee either. No. They hate him. Yes. He left them high and dry. Yep. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We'll be back next Sunday from 9 to 11 talking all things in the world of sports. Have a happy Independence Day. Everybody be safe. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you.